Yo, 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 it's Victor Morrow, and um, just want to go ahead and let y'all know what's going to be coming up. We got, um, first of all, we got Candace Owens versus Cardi B. I'm going to be talking about that in a minute. And also, we got uh, the Tupac and Nas incident. Did Snoop Dogg lie about that? Got that coming up. Um, also, addressing the Nipsey Hustle conspiracies. All that's going to be coming up soon. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and let y'all know right off the bat that um, most of this is um, pre-recorded, but I'm right here. I'm live. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at... Um, I'm looking at the at the comment board. So if you if you want to uh, chime in, go ahead and do that, and I'll be uh, right there to comment. And um, it is what it is, man. So without further ado, let me go ahead and give y'all the moral takeover podcast, and hopefully, you know what I'm saying, I get a good response. Check it out. All right, so the right-wing, clout-chasing, bed-wench sellout is back at it again. Candace Owens, who should be the front-runner for bed-wench of the decade. The, the woman that ignores... Every racist statement that Donald Trump makes, who laughs with some of the most racist Republicans, who who are just flat out openly racist. And this is the worst part about Candace Owens. And there's a lot of bad things I could say about Candace Owens, and I have said these things before. Candace Owens tells black people to come off of the democratic plantation as if the Republicans have a better plantation. A plantation is a plantation, Negro, at the end of the day. She is so despicable and I normally don't go on the, I normally don't charge after black women with insults. But I don't look at Candace Owens as a black woman. When I talked about Kamala Harris, even as, as messed up as Kamala Harris may be, and she may have done some horrible things, I still cannot, I don't know, I just can't. I can't uh, insult black women like that. But Candace Owens, to me, is far from a black woman. She's anything but. She's an insult to us. This woman is actually out here 
tap dancing so hard and cooning so hard that she makes the biggest coons look and go, damn. O.J. Simpson wasn't a bigger coon than her. I'm serious. I'm a Rosa. I mean, she makes Amarosa look good. Y'all know who Amarosa is, right? Uh, the chick that used to be be on The Apprentice with Donald Trump. She she was a member of Trump's. Uh, I don't know. I think she was like an advisor to Trump when Trump first got in the White House. But even she left or got fired or something. Candace Owens is the worst. In the 21st century. The, I mean, she is the absolute worst. Fox News loves this woman. She's a black face that speaks on the behalf of white supremacy. And they cannot, they cannot get enough of Candace Owens. I had some idiot comment on my, uh, I believe it was my SoundCloud, uh, my SoundCloud channel. And they said, you are an idiot. Candace Owens is a bright woman. Whenever people try to clap at me over Candace Owens, always get the same stupid comments. No one ever comes at me with facts. They always come at me with, you're just not as educated as Candace Owens. You don't know as much as Candace Owens. Candace Owens is very intelligent. Candace Owens is a coon and a sellout. Period. There's nothing intelligent about her. So let me go ahead before I start cursing. Let me go ahead because I don't want to. I don't want to curse today. Let me go ahead and um, play this clip. This is from Ring of Fire, uh, Farron Cousins, one of my uh, my favorite uh, favorite people to listen to. He has a good channel on YouTube, The Ring of Fire. Um, just listen to what he got to say. Yesterday, right wing grifter Candace Owens took to Twitter to challenge Cardi B who has now come out uh, for Bernie Sanders and has been talking with Bernie Sanders. Uh, Candace Owens challenged Cardi B to a debate. But in this challenge, she actually exposed her own right-wing grift. Here is the tweet. Please retweet. I see that at I am Cardi B is politically advocating for Bernie Sanders with claims that Trump is bad. I would like to publicly offer uh, 250000 to a political campaign of her choosing if she will publicly debate her stance with either myself or any black conservative I choose. Uh, she did later clarify almost immediately, really, that it, she wasn't talking about donating 250000 to a political campaign, but any kind of charity or organization, because obviously a $250,000 donation to a political campaign pretty much going to be a felony campaign finance violation that could land Candace Owens in jail. That's not what she wants, but don't worry. After the kind folks on Twitter pointed that out to her, she went ahead and uh, made that revision in a separate tweet. 
But how in the hell does Candace Owens have $250,000 to just throw around, folks? That's the grift. That's what she exposed. And that's what people are calling her out for, and rightfully so. I can, I can pretty much promise you there's not any lefty or liberal commentator that could just straight up be like, I'll give you $250,000, come debate me right now. Come on, let's do it. Yeah, we, we don't have that kind of money because we're not funded by millionaires and billionaires and corporations. But Candace Owens exposed that yesterday. Then, yes, she is. Charlie Kirk is. Ben Shapiro and Tommy Lahren, they're getting Fox News money. All of these people always follow the same patterns, right? You go out there, you sell your soul, quite literally in this instance. They give you tons and tons of money for you to be their useful idiot, which is what people like Candace Owens and Kirk and Laren and all of them, that's what they are. See? Literally a sellout. So when people say, Victor Morrow, you 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 shouldn't call her a sellout. Yeah, that's wrong. Yeah. Believe it or not, there are people that are stupid like that out there. I I know I know the the intelligent people are like, oh, why would they say that? But no, they are dumbasses out here like that. She sold out. I think, I believe, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't have the the notes right in front of me right now. But I believe she um, sued a university, whatever university she was attending at the time, for discrimination back in the day. And now she has the nerve to run around telling black people you're not victims so you wasn't a victim when that discrimination lawsuit when, when you when you filed that discrimination lawsuit you weren't a victim Eric Garner is not a victim see what she'll do is she'll flip it and say well he shouldn't have been selling illegal cigarettes selling illegal cigarettes doesn't it doesn't um, warrant death it doesn't, uh, that's, you go to jail for that. You, you pay a fine for that. You shouldn't die for that. But Fox News will spin it. And she'll be right there like the coon sellout, just bed wench, Negro that she is. And she'll be right there beside him, laughing it up and chuckling it up. Why? Because what Farron Cousins just said is true. Fox News is paying these people to sell their souls. And people say, Morrow, you always getting on Republicans. Why don't you expose the left? I exposed the left when the left was in office. When when Barack Obama was the president, I was the first black person to get 
on his case when it was unpopular to do when it was the I was getting all kinds of <laughs> threats <laughs> called all kinds of names these are my, I, those channels um that I had they're not even up anymore I don't even know if I have much in the archives of me really getting on Obama But trust me when I tell you, I call it like it is, man, period. So Candace Owens wants to challenge Cardi B to a debate. And you know why? You know why she wants to do that? She wants to challenge Cardi B to a debate because she knows that Cardi B is not politically savvy. She knows that Cardi B is an easy target. She won't challenge. I, I can't see her challenging a Farron Cousins. A David Pacman. She won't do that. She won't do that. She'll go after Cardi B. Cardi B's a rapper. And like some one YouTuber said, Cardi B's not a role model. She's not somebody that people should be looking up to. Their children shouldn't be looking up to her. Cardi B is ratchet. We all know that. So it's an easy win for Candace Owens, who is a obvious clout chaser and wants to keep her name out there. So, since you want to keep your name out there, fine. We'll call you all kinds of names. I can't stand this woman, man. I, I cannot stand this woman. I'm telling you. Out of all the coons that I've seen in my life. I might hate this one the most. And it's hard for me to oh Jesse Lee Peterson, he's another one. I, I can't I can't stand that dude. Jesse Lee Peterson is you know what Jesse Lee Peterson said? I he said <laughs> I wish I had the audio clip, I would play it. Jesse Lee Peterson said the best thing that happened to black people was white people putting us in slavery. <laughs> He's a black man, by the way, in case you didn't know. You know who else said that? Uh, Donald Trump Jr. In case you were wondering if Trump was a racist or not, his son made the claim that slavery wasn't that bad and it was a good thing for black people because at least black people had jobs. They were picking cotton. You're listening to the Victor Morrow Show. I'm telling you, in a world full of lies, there's only one thing that remains true, and that's the Victor Morrow Show. I don't say that for nothing. See, everybody, everybody jumps up and down every time Trump says something racist, right? But see, I get into the, I get into the heart of this. It's what I do. By 
millionaires and billionaires and corporations. But Candace Owens exposed that yesterday. Then, yes, she is. Charlie Kirk is. Ben Shapiro and Tommy Lahren, they're getting Fox News money. All of these people always follow the same patterns, right? You go out there, you sell your soul, quite literally in this instance. They give you tons and tons of money for you to be their useful idiot, which is what people like Candace Owens and Kirk and Laren and all of them, that's what they are. They are useful idiots. Know better. They have to know better. At least I think Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk are smart enough to know better. They're just choosing to be stupid because the paychecks are too good. Tommy Laren and uh, Ben Shapiro, I have no faith in them whatsoever. They're, they're just horrible people who believe horrible things. Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk are her horrible people. But they are, understand that they're horrible. I think they do have a bit of self-awareness. They just like the money, and the money's worth it to them. But back to my point, you know, this is something that really highlights the difference between progressive media and conservative media. They're getting funded by people who pay them so much money to say stupid things that they can just throw around $250,000 to debate Cardi B like it's nothing. See? It's not about waking black people up. It's about the money. All right, about to get into Nipsey Hussle. Uh, I want to thank everybody that's coming in. Um, Denise, Finesse, Chief, H-Rap, everybody. About to get into this Nipsey Hussle thing in a second, y'all. Appreciate it. Okay, now, as far as Nipsey Hussle is concerned, I tend to lean more towards the conspiracy side of things, and there's a reason for that. There is a history of black men in power with money and influence that are attacked, sabotaged, arrested, assassinated, murdered by the powers that be. Now, you can say the United States government, you can call them the um, the Illuminati, you can call it whatever you want to call it. But there's a history of this. Okay? And Nipsey Hussle, to my understanding, because I don't know the man personally, but what I do know from those that do know him Nipsey had plans, big plans. The plan was to buy back the block. Meaning, he was trying to put people on. Okay? There's this thing called gentrification, if you haven't heard of it. (laughs) And... Nipsey was trying to, I'm going to be flat out honest here. Nipsey was trying to build a little miniature Black Wall Street. 
And I'm not talking about Black Wall Street, the record label by game. I'm talking about Black Wall Street. Excuse me, getting notifications. So um, I made a comment on uh, Chief Rocker and uh, H-Rap's show. And at first it flew every, over everyone's head when I said that Nipsey was killed for trying to help out his community, right? And I think people thought in the beginning I meant helping black people get you killed <laughs> or black people kill people or black people kill other black people that help out the community. And I would like I was being on some negative shit, but I wasn't. What I was saying was that's what got him killed by the powers that be. Okay. That's a very real thing. People don't think it is, but it is. Anybody with big plans for the black community becomes a target automatically. Tupac, a lot of people, there's all these conspiracy theories about why Tupac was murdered. I'll give you a hint. If you go listen to Tupac's last interview, right before he was murdered, the last major interview he did, he did it with Sway. One of the things that Tupac said he wanted to do if he was alive in four years, he said he's going to start a new political party. You need to go listen to that last interview that Tupac did with Sway. He said he wanted to start a new political party and that party was going to bring some changes to the government. Less than a month later, Tupac was dead. I believe that interview was on August 20-something. Maybe on August 24th or something like that of 1996. And Tupac died September 13th. He was shot September 7th. Now... There are a lot of rumors surrounding Nipsey Hussle. One of them being his business partner, David Gross, was stealing his business from right underneath his nose. Now, again, I was neither there <laughs> nor aware of any of all this. So, just, these are just rumors, right? But the thing is, if you look at this, this is an article from uh, Black Faves. It says, um, Nipsey Hussle's business partner, David Gross, exposes harassment by Los Angeles City Attorney. Now, you may have already heard about this or read it. But let me go ahead and deal with this right quick. It says a couple of days after the announcement of the pending 
Nipsey Hustle Tower, the late rapper's business and investment partner David Gross took to Instagram to reveal some troubling behind the scenes clashes that him and Nipsey were having with the city of Los Angeles before and after Hustle's death on March 31st, 2019. After two New York Times um, articles in the past month, um, one in which the city attorney leaked these docs and others, in an L.A. Times article coming, Gross wrote, I have to speak. The real estate entrepreneur is referring to the re uh, recent New York Times articles, California Today. Why L.A. Um, police have been investigating Nipsey Hussle and was Nipsey Hussle's business empire endangering a community or empowering? Was it empowering it? The thing is, Nipsey was on their radar. Whether or not, you know, you feel like Nipsey is a role model, I, I'm not even here to argue it, discuss it. I don't care. What I'm saying is the moment you start putting these plans into motion, you're on their radar. And there's a reason for that. See, the powers that be don't mind a black man being an entrepreneur or being successful or being wealthy, donating to charity, giving back to the community. They don't care about that. That's not what they care about. What they care about is control. They want to control you. They don't mind doing it for someone that has sold out. Someone like a Jesse Jackson. And Al Sharpton. Okay? I hope you get my point. It's like you can do for your community as long as you get our permission to do it. It's about the control. When Tupac talked about building that uh, new political party that was going to be like a rogue party that was going against the Democrats and the Republicans and was going to bring real change, especially to the black community, real change. They were like, oh, hell no. This nigga's got to go. So they set up their patsy, Orlando Anderson, who was obviously in that um, in that casino waiting on Pac. And there, and there goes your story. But the rumor is with Nipsey Hussle, was the man that shot him was a FBI informant. That's the rumor. And for me, personally, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense.
Okay. Hey, um, low key. What I was saying uh, about Nipsey, I know he had gang ties and all that. But what I was talking about was his his plans going forward. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they were planning or they were trying to stop his plans going forward. He was planning on taking back the block. And they wasn't having that. Now, I know he was affiliated with the 60s or he was, he was a, what was he, a crip, right? You would know more about it than me, You in, but you were in South Central, so you would know more than I do. But what I'm saying is that I've, this is what I believe. You know what I mean? I'm giving my opinion on it. I believe Nipsey had bigger plans. And from just researching it and looking at it, it looked like he had plans to really take the block back. Now, if I'm wrong, you can correct me. But I feel like Nipsey had big plans to really uh, keep that money in the community. And whenever we try to do that, that's when the powers that be send a patsy to either kill us, arrest us, or something. That's all I'm saying. But I'm going to go ahead and proceed with the show. Okay, so let me, let me, I tell you what, let me finish this article here. A little bit of, let me give a little bit more of this article here. So I can bring this home, my point. It says, um, Gross, David Gross, and Nipsey Hussle partnered to purchase Slauson Plaza. Slauson um, Plaza, where the rapper's marathon store was located and where the future Nipsey Hussle Tower will be built. According to Gross, the Los Angeles City Attorney's Office was trying to end us, literally. They wanted to expel the marathon store from Slauson um, Plaza. He alleges the city attorney had harassed Nipsey and his businesses for decades. Gross continues in his Instagram post. When I partnered with them to buy the lot, I got the experience the way these systems work together firsthand. The city attorney hated with all their hearts that their um, maniacal uh Zeal to expel uh, the marathon store from Slauson Plaza actually resulted in us buying it and planning to develop it. They stopped it in his tracks because Nipsey was planning to buy back the block. Nipsey had a bigger plan. Sounds familiar? I say this, um, and I know this has nothing to do necessarily with Nipsey Hussle because this is on an even larger scale. Martin Luther King was fine when he was um, desegregating schools and buses and letting black people drink out the same water fountain as white people and 
he was in the same bathrooms and all that. But when he got into foreign affairs, uh, talking about wars, he started making comments and having an impact on those uh, political matters, international matters. They were like, oh, okay, he's getting out of his lane. He got to go. And some people call Martin Luther King a sellout. Some people call Martin Luther King a sellout. But even in that, they felt like he he got out of his lane. He got out of his place. So they was like, he got to go. And they replaced his ass with Jesse Jackson. Who was also an FBI informant. You see, what I'm saying, black people have it hard in so many different areas because we not, we not only have our own people against us, but we have the powers that be against us. You know what they did with Black Wall Street? They burnt it to the ground. When all them black people started those businesses, kept their money within their communities, they was like, nah. <laughs> no, sir. They burnt it to the ground. And what did Nipsey Hussle want to do? He wanted to buy back the block. And they were like, hell no. So they set up their boy, their Patsy, their FBI informant to go over there and kill Nipsey, check yourself in the nut house. Some of this is just common sense, though. It's not even... It's not even um, me trying to even be, get into some conspiracy shit. It's just, I've seen this movie before, if you know what I mean. I've seen this shit before. We've all seen this shit before. We all know how this thing works. Bill Cosby was planning on Buying NBC. Now all of a sudden, you had, what, over 30 women claiming he drugged and raped them? From 30 years ago? 25 and 20 years ago? Where did he come from? Bill Cosby was fine as long as Bill Cosby was making everybody laugh and telling little family jokes and joking with the kids. And he was Bill, Bill Cosby. And everyone loved the Huxtables. The white folks loved Bill. Until Bill started talking about he wanted to buy NBC. 
They got Bill the fuck up out of here. Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jackson was buying masters. Publishing. I think it was the, um, somebody help me if I'm wrong. Was it the Beatles or was it Elvis? He, he owned um, one, one of those. He, he bought and paid for those masters. He even said, I wish I had the clip with me. Um, he was talking about how they thought he was just stupid. You know, like he was just some guy up there dancing. They didn't know that he had a bigger plan. And when he went and purchased those masters, they got Michael Jackson the fuck up out of here before he died. You understand what I'm saying? So when I talk about Nipsey Hussle, and I say that Nipsey Hussle doing for the community, is what got him killed. This is what I'm talking about. Nipsey was trying to buy back the block, not just own the store here. Nip Nipsey had a bigger plan. Now, some people, again, some people are going to argue and say, well, I don't understand why they would kill him for that. Jay-Z owns shit. Uh, Rick Ross, the rapper, he owns shit. Right? P. Diddy owns shit. Why they didn't get them the fuck about it? If you remember what I said earlier, you know that I, I said they don't mind you owning shit doing for your community. As long as they have control over you. And as long as they can dictate who you're donating money to, who you're hiring. And I'm going to tell y'all a dirty little secret. I got a sneaky suspicion. I hate to say this, because he used to be one of my favorite rappers. I got a sneaky suspicion that the new Nipsey Hustle is going to be T.I. They're going to put T.I. in Nipsey Hustle's place and make him, because T.I., everyone knows, T.I. got caught with them guns. And he was what, supposedly, what, a seven-time felon? Who the hell gets out of jail with that many guns in Georgia? Hell no. Somebody's ratting. Somebody's working with the police. Appreciate y'all. Um, people coming in with in the, in the chat and uh, bringing out shit that I didn't even know. And um, they have finesses. Um, 
He dropped a bomb on me. I didn't even know about the Malcolm X, uh, X situation. But um, I'm going to go ahead and continue on with the show. And um, hopefully y'all enjoying it. Let's keep it moving. But I honestly believe T.I. is the man that they're setting up and grooming to take Nipsey's spot. Like, in other words, just as Martin Luther King was, so when they took him out of here, they brought in Jesse Jackson and inserted him. And made him the new face of the black community, especially when it came to politics. Whenever something happened in the black community, they go run to Jesse and they go run to Al Sharpton. And they still run to Al Sharpton to this day. Who is admittedly an FBI informant. That's on record. No conspiracy theory. I actually have that clip um, for those of you that don't know. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play this. This is from uh, CBS New York. This was about five years ago. Al Sharpton admits to being FBI informant. Let's see if I can pull it. Those stories are straight ahead. But first, after all these years, the Reverend Al Sharpton admits he was an FBI informant. Yes, he says that he was the cat that got the rats. But others say that Sharpton's secret life was not by choice. CBS 2 political reporter Marsha Kramer has the story. Michelle Obama probably never knew that one of the guests at her recent White House 50th birthday party was an FBI mafia informant who helped bring down members of the Genovese crime family. Reverend Al Sharpton, now a confidant of both the First Lady and the President and of Mayor Bill de Blasio, has his own unique take on his days as the government's confidential informant number seven. In my own mind, I was not an informant. I was cooperating with investigations. The revelations threaten to embarrass Sharpton as he kicks off his National Action Network convention this week with de Blasio and President Obama the headliners. But de Blasio, who calls Sharpton family, is sticking by his buddy. Doesn't change relationship one bit. I'm very proud to be his friend. Um, I think he has done a lot of good for the city of New York and for this country. I have the exact same positive view of him I had before. Sharpton has been dogged for years by reports that he was an FBI informant, helping the government go after boxing promoter Don King and music executives. Now we learn he also went after mobsters, including the legendary Vincent the Chin Gigante, the so-called odd father who paraded around in his bathrobe and pajamas. Though he has ducked and dodged questions about whether he wore a wire for the feds, that wasn't possible today since a batch of government documents were made public. The conversations were recorded. And there's also the issue of how he became an informant. Some say he was pressured into it after he was caught in a drug sting. This HBO undercover sting video that aired in 2002 shows Sharpton with a cowboy hat pulled down over his bouffant hairdo. Sharpton appears to nod when an agent offers him a cut from future drug sales. But now Sharpton claims he went to the feds for protection from threats from mob-connected music executives and was asked to rat out the bad guys. They were threatening to kill me. And while the feds say his information helped bring down guys like Giganti, Sharpton says he didn't know how his information was being used. I have 
any of these guys, the guy with the pajamas, I don't walk around with guys that walk outside pajamas. I don't, I never met these guys. So, okay. Now, <laughs> y'all heard it, right? Y'all heard it. He was going after music execs. See how the powers that be work? So I'm going to say it again. Helping out the community is what got Nipsey killed. This is a, Al Sharpton is a clear cut example of how this thing works. They were going after music execs, Don King. Now, Don King, uh, you know, we all know Don King is a shysty individual, right? But I'm, I'm setting all this up to say, this is how the system operates. This is what David Gross said, Nipsey Hussle's business partner, when he got close to the system. This is what he had to deal with. This is what he was up against. You think they were just going to sit back and let Nipsey Hussle buy back the block with gentrification being one of the number one goals in America. Him, he was planning on buying back the hood, taking back the hood, employing people from the hood, not for a, not for a photo op or the clout chase or to say, look at me, look at what I'm doing for the community. Nah, he was actually. Thinking, it, okay, it's one thing to buy a, let's say you buy a 7-Eleven. All right, cool. And then let's say you buy the laundromat that's next to the 7-Eleven. All right, cool. But when you plan on buying... Everything on the block, you you plan on owning all this shit and employing your people. Because, see, we're not supposed to be able to do that. Not without permission. You get what I'm saying? Not without permission. See, they love to throw their, to their token Negroes out there. Your Steve Harvey's of the world. Look at how successful he is. He's black. They love to throw them out there. But let Steve Harvey go rogue. And say the hell with y'all. I'm about to take my millions. And I'm really about to help these families from the neighborhood that I came from and I'm about to buy back the block I'm about to own all this shit cause I got the money and I got the business know how to know how to do this shit 
You know what's going to happen if that if Steve Harvey decided to do some shit like that? You're going to wake up one morning and you're going to find out Steve Harvey was in a tragic car accident. See, Steve Harvey knows better. Nipsey didn't know better. Nipsey didn't even know what he was really up against. You understand? And I'm telling you my personal opinion from years of studying the powers that be. Not, I'm not talking about, listen, I'm not some dude that woke up yesterday and started looking up the New World Order and started looking at international bankers and the elites and the powers that be and the Bilderberg groups and all these people. Nah, before YouTube, I was already on it. I was introduced to this by people that had been in it. You got to remember where I'm from. I'm from the nation's capital, baby. <laughs> you understand? You got all kinds of elites running around here. And my information was direct from the source's mouth. So what I'm saying is from my personal experience, from what I've been told, from what I've seen, from my research, from my study, Nipsey Hussle wasn't killed by some dude because he was jealous or because he was hating or because Nipsey called him a snitch. That's the cover-up. Truth is, Nipsey was killed because Nipsey wanted to buy back the block without permission. All right, listen. As far as um, Nipsey Hussle go, there's been a lot of uh, conspiracy theories, right? A lot of people are coming up with shit. And some people have even tried to tie him into the Illuminati, but <laughs> my thing is Illuminati works on a greater scale, and I didn't even mean to go on this, right? I didn't even mean to Talk about no Illuminati shit. Especially not on the uh, first podcast on this network. What I was what I was trying to get at was the powers that be want to control you. They want control. You know what I mean? And when you out here doing your own thing. They're not having that. They don't mind you doing something for your people as long as they're overseeing it. But when you be like, yo, I'm about to, I'm about to just put my peoples on, they're like, hell no. We didn't, we didn't give you permission for that. When did we say you could do that? Nipsey may have been, he may have been affiliated 
with Crips. And he may have had all kinds of illegal activity in his life. But I'm I'm kind of like looking past that right now. I'm looking at the bigger picture. Sometimes people go, well, look at who he was around. Look at the people he was affiliated with. Look at, look at the gang ties. I don't give a shit about that. You know how many hood dudes is on that? A lot of hood dudes is on that. When you're young and you grow up in that environment, you become a part of that. You know, you have to grow and mature out of that. And that's what they saw. That's what the powers that be saw. They saw this dude was going to grow out of that and become something different, something bigger. They saw the same shit in Tupac. They saw the same shit. And he was like, fuck that. When Pac said, I'm about to start a new political party. They was like, hell no. Hell fucking no. When Martin Luther King started speaking against war. And started getting into political matters that were beyond just helping black people drink out the same water fountain as white people and shitting in the same bathroom as white people and riding on the same damn bus as white people. When they when he got into international affairs, foreign affairs. They was like, no, nigga. (laughs) We didn't allow you to become actually active. You were supposed to just play your role. You were supposed to play your fucking role. You see, the powers that be have this thing where a nigga supposed to stay in his place. A nigga not supposed to start thinking for himself, especially for his people, not without their permission. So when you see these Steve Harveys and your Jay-Zs and who else can I name? Y'all know the list, the P. Diddy's. They all got permission. Pac was moving without their permission. I had this idiot, um, Tupac Holtz, talking about Tupac was a part of the Illuminati. First of all, Pac didn't even know what the fuck the Illuminati was. Excuse me if I'm, you know, I didn't mean to even get on this Illuminati shit, but Pac thought that shit was was some made-up fiction. That's why he put the K in front of it, saying he wanted to kill it. It's real shit I'm talking right now. 
I'm going off the script, off the, off the subject right now. But this is real shit. Informants came to him in prison and told him what he was up against. And he was like, I don't believe that shit. And because he didn't believe that shit and he didn't recognize who the real powers to be were, the dude is dead today. And I'm telling you, it's the same thing with Nipsey Hussle. David Gross said the same shit after Nipsey died. L.A. County was up against their ass. They were fighting these motherfuckers. Like, nah, y'all not about to buy back the block? Who gave you niggas permission to do that shit? So when I made that statement that helping the community got Nipsey killed, I wasn't talking about what he did right then and there. What I was talking about was what he was thinking about doing. And they saw his plan. And they was like, nah. Don't work like that. You got to come through us and we'll determine whether or not you can buy back the block. And even if you buy back the block, you want to employ who we want you to employ. I told you, in a world full of lies, there's only one thing that remains true. That's the Victor Morrow Show. You're listening to Morrow Takeover Podcast on BFTN. And I'm going to keep it real with you. I see shit through my eyes from my opinion, and that's it. It's just my opinion. Now, I'm going to move on and segue into some other shit. I'm going to go into um, the Tupac and Nas situation, right? This is completely off subject. I did this a while ago. Snoop Dogg, I believe, is one of the people that were involved in Tupac's murder. And then he lied about the Tupac and Snoop and, um, excuse me, the Tupac and Nas incident. So check this out. I I did a podcast on this. Check this. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.125%. APR, 4.22%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 0.88% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 33. All right, you're listening to Morrow Takeover Show via the Victor Morrow Show. I want to say this off top: um, a lot of a lot of people are telling these different stories about Tupac, and uh, people are telling the same stories, but people have their own spin on it. You know, you 
may catch one interview where one person says one thing and then another person says something different. And it's making way for stupid ass conspiracy theories such as uh, Tupac hoax to talk shit about Pac, right? Because when a person is dead, they can't defend themselves, right? They can't explain what really happened. Dead men don't speak. So, I'm saying all that to say this. Some of you may remember the Tupac, excuse me, the interview that Snoop Dogg did where he talked about how Tupac ran up on Nas and he told Nas, I got a song about you dissing you. And Nas told him, I love you, Pac. And Pac responded, well, if you love me, then you're not going to say nothing. In other words, you're not going to respond to the diss track that I made. Now, this is all according to Snoop. Snoop also said that Nas was deep with his with his homies. He had like, I don't know, a lot of a lot of niggas with him, and basically Nas had to drop on Pac. Like Nas could have snapped his finger, and one of Nas's homeboys could have took Pac out right there. That's Snoop Dogg's version of the story. Suge Knight said that Pac spoke to Nas and they talked it out. And then not and that excuse me, Pac said to Suge basically that, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said that Pac wanted to take the diss track off of the album. If in other words, he wanted to edit the track and take the part where he disses Nas out. But Pac died before um, it could be edited or before the changes could be made. So that's why against all lies, I'm, I'm assuming it's against all lies that um, that is the track that Pac was talking about where he dissed Nas then. Because that's the only one I can think of off the top. Um, so you have this situation where you have two different accounts, two, two versions of the same story. I don't know who's telling the truth. I don't know who's lying, but I, I've done a episode, old episode from, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, it's probably still up on YouTube. I'm pretty sure it's still up on YouTube. If YouTube haven't banned it, they ban every damn thing now. But, um, 
Reggie Wright, the he- former head of Death Row Security, did an interview with Vlad TV. I'm sure a lot of you Tupac fans have already seen this interview. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and play the clip anyway to put some uh, perspective on what I'm talking about. Because I'm asking the question, this new lie about this whole entire incident. And if he did, then what the fuck was the point? What was the fucking point of Snoop lying? And that's a whole nother topic. We'll get to that in a second. But this is um, the interview with uh, Reggie Wright Jr. And he disputes Snoop's story of Tupac pressing Nas in New York. That's the the title of the DJ Vlad interview. So just take a listen. football player he has a, a podcast he interviews snoop okay snoop talked about the confrontation between tupac and nas we bumped heads at the end when uh, we was in new york for the um mtv awards and um oh, that's one of the biggest hip-hop moments of all time yeah and Pac had seen nas in the park and him and nas had words but nas didn't want none but nas had a hundred niggas with guns right so listen to what I'm telling you. Yeah. By me saying he didn't want none didn't mean he didn't punk out. Mm. It mean he just didn't want to go there all the way there because we was in New York in Central Park with a hundred goons from New York circle us. Pocket even see them. I did because I got a gangbang mentality. I seen when niggas start circling it, right. putting their hands in their pockets mm. while Pac is in this nigga ear telling him, nigga, I, nigga, I made a song, nigga. This and you, Jay-Z, Biggie, and nigga, and motherfucker, and I ain't got no problem with you, Pac. All right, nigga, well, if you ain't got no problems with me, nigga, when this song come out, you better not say a motherfucking word. I love you, Pac. Shook the nigga hand. Damn. That's a real one. That's why I love now. I said this That's day. a real one. And Pac walked off to me. He's like, yeah, nigga. And whooped her on the All right. Now that's Snoop's version of the story, right? But listen to what Reggie Wright Jr. has to say. That's insane. It's the truth. Right. You were there. I heard that bullshit. It was bullshit. Yeah. Why was it bullshit? Because oh, you you were there. I was there. Okay. Okay. So, so Tupac and Diss Nas already. Right? On the album. You're talking about, uh, you know, it gets out a lot. Yeah. Correct. It was on the, I mean, it hadn't came out yet, but it had been recorded. Okay. Yeah. But the Machiavelli hadn't came out yet. Okay. But but Tupac had a problem with Nas. They had a problem, but they worked it out that day. Okay. So they ran into each other. They ran into each other. This was where? At, at the park that's next door to Radio City Hall. Okay. I do a little uh, on Bomb First. I think some people say Cobra Park. Okay. It was a park. It was a big old park. And that's where you see all the people in there with the Defro East uh, uh, signs and stuff like that, all on wearing the Defro East T-shirts. It was a big thing. We had a bunch, you know, most of the people, uh, Mutal and all of their boys and Fatal, they, they had a whole bunch of dudes from New Jersey that was out there. We probably was, Defro was probably like 20, 20 deep, you know. Okay. It was at the MT, it was right after 
It was like the after party for the MTV Music Awards. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember seeing Snoop there. Snoop, where were you at on that picture? Well, Snoop saying that Nas had like 100 guys there with guns. They had a bunch. We, we were both sides. And it was tension. But they talked like men and worked it out. So, Tupac and Nas got together. The two Nas was talking about coming in next, the next week to record it. I saw Pop Telsha, which, uh, in fairness to Shug, didn't have time or he went to prison, still had this problem. But he turned to Shug and told him, we're going to take that, that verse off where I just, uh, Nas on against all odds. Now, eventually got out. I, I don't know if it was the people that was running the company at the time, because she was in prison when Machiavelli eventually came out. It never got taken out, or we couldn't because, you know, Pac was, you know, five days later got shot and later died. Right, but the two of them actually did work it out. They did talk ahead of time. Yeah. And the reason why this shit Snoop, because he tried to make it seem like they were about ready to kill us if Nas would have snapped his hands. It would have been a big shootout because Fado and, and, and Mutau, they were deep and they had a bunch of dudes from Jersey with them too and I'm pretty sure they had things in their waist and pockets as well. Okay. So, now, that's the setup, right? The whole point of what I'm talking about right now. You see, Two, dis- two different versions of the same story. Someone's lying. Someone's lying. Now, I know a lot of people don't like Reggie Wright Jr. Some people take it as far as to say Reggie Wright Jr. was behind the Tupac murder. That he set the whole thing up. And he ordered the security staff that was with Pac not to bring guns. He explained that too in an, in an um, interview. Reason why. That's neither here nor there. But I'll say this. Suge Knight actually said the same thing that Reggie Wright Jr. just said. In the DJ Vlad interview. Years ago. Suge Knight. I seen the interview with Suge Knight saying. That. When Pac and Nas. Met up. That they talked it out like men. And and that Pac. Told Suge. Suge said it out of his own mouth. So Reggie Wright's not lying on that part. on, On that part. He's definitely not lying. Pac told Suge, take that part out while I diss Nas. Now, I don't think he was going to remove the whole song. I think Against All Lies was going to be on the album, regardless with him dissing Puffy and everybody else. But it just lines up for me. It looks like Reggie Wright's account is more valid. Is more, um, it makes more sense. You know what I mean? As opposed to Snoop. Snoop's version of the story sound like a whole bunch of capping. 
it sound like a whole lot of uh, extras. And I could be wrong. But the reason why I think it's possible that Snoop is bullshitting, like Reggie Wright Jr. just said, he called it bullshit from the jump. It's bullshit. Reason why I think Snoop is probably bullshitting is because deep down inside, I believe Snoop didn't really fuck with Pac like that. I think Snoop, some people would say was jealous or envious because Pac came to death row and took shit over after Dre and Snoop built death row then here comes Pac just on another level you know what I mean like you gotta think it's like work somebody just come in and just take shit over you know what I mean at your job you gonna feel some kind of way right so I, I, I feel like there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of, it could be jealousy. Well, I feel like Snoop feels some kind of way about Pac and he just won't say that shit publicly. He always, yeah, Tupac was my nigga. Yeah, man, Tupac, woo, woo, woo. But right before Pac died, Shug, and, I mean, I said Shug, excuse me. Right before Pac died, Snoop and Pac had problems. And there's many accounts of that. Why did they have problems? Well, come to find out, and we didn't find out until after Pac died, Snoop was homeboys with Biggie and Puff. Ain't that about a bitch. So Snoop wasn't really riding with Pac like that. And if you notice, since Pac died, especially especially as of late, Snoop is always shouting out enemies of Pac. People that Pac had problems with, right? For example, he talked about how Pac this Biggie, but he said, yeah, man. Biggie had wrote some shit for Pac, man. Biggie had some shit. He had some heat for him. And some of y'all may have seen the, the episode of uh, Steve Harvey's show where Snoop and and, uh, and Puff went and shook hands, you know, talking about the whole East Coast, West Coast thing, which I don't really have a problem with, but I guess they were supposed to be, you know, trying to, at that time, um, squash the little tensions or whatever. But all in all, I don't think Reggie Wright has anything to gain by lying. Snoop is the one that I think is full of shit. 
Snoop is the one that's always, you know, kissing ass. You know, because me personally, I, I can't see that scenario scenario like that, the, the way that Snoop is telling the story. Again, I could be wrong. I'll leave room for that. I could be wrong. Maybe Snoop, you know, knows something. I don't know. Well, you know, because according to Reggie Wright, Reggie Wright Jr. in this interview, he said he don't even think Snoop was there. And now that I think about it, when I watched the, because um, I, I remember I remember seeing that um, that video where Pac had it, you know, he was with his homeboys. He had a lot of people behind him, and they were holding up the Death Row East. They had the Death Row East signs. Some of y'all might remember that was the the video where Pac was talking about Death Row East, and he was like in the interview. The interviewer asked him about Death Row East, and Pac said, "Do you believe in Jesus?" He said, "Then believe on Death Row East." And he did Nas in that in that uh, interview. He did this Nas in that interview. So I, I believe that that's what Reggie Wright was talking about. And I didn't see Snoop in that video. Of course, Snoop could have been around somewhere else out of the camera view, but I didn't see Snoop nowhere around. And like Reggie Wright said, where was Snoop in that? Reggie Wright would know. If nobody else know. And one other thing, um, before I take a quick break, a lot of people forget that a lot of this shit started because of Snoop and his um, New York, New York video where he was kicking down the building, sending the dog pound. And um, Biggie called the radio station and was mad and um, basically I'm not going to say he called the shot, but Let's just say uh, Snoop Dogg's trailer got shot up. These are these are the little things that people forget, right? These are little things that people forget, and also it's important to point out that that excuse me that Snoop and Biggie. And Puffy were cool during the time when Pac had major beef with these niggas. But yet you you sitting up here talking about Pac your boy, Pac your homeboy, and all this, that, and the third. You let you let these New York niggas shoot up your trailer and then turn around and it's cool with the dude that called the radio station pretty much asking for it, which was Biggie. This is why the, the tensions with Snoop and, and Pac so heavy right before Pac died. And that's another story within itself. And I'm going to come back with that in a minute. I'll be right back.
All right, you listen to the Mall Takeover show. I'm dealing with this uh, pocket soup situation, right? Um, Snoop, in my opinion, knew exactly what happened to Pop. Right? Snoop knew exactly what happened to Pop. And the rumor is that his cousin, Lil Half Dead, made an album with Pac's head being shot up. Snoop liked to pretend that he was so cool with Pac and Pac was his homeboy and all that, and that's all cool. But at the same time, it's a little-known secret that Snoop had really, he really had beef with Pac. Biggie was Crips, was, was, he was actually claiming Crip at a certain point. And you know, death row for the most part was blood. They had Crips and bloods on death row, but we know Suge Knight was a blood and he claimed uh, Ma Paru. So, what I'm getting at is that if you look into the Tupac murder, you got to look at the man in the middle who was close to Pac and at the same time close to Big. That was Snoop. It was Snoop. That's the person everybody's looking over is Snoop. Everybody looking at Orlando Anderson. And that's all fine and dandy. But at the same time, it was Snoop. Snoop, I feel, in my opinion, in my heart of hearts, I feel like Snoop know what happened. So we're going to continue on. Are uh, you listening to tomorrow takeover show via the Vic tomorrow show and now I want to um pick up where I left off at I was talking about how I was talking about how Snoop and Pac had problems right before Pac died now I did a podcast on this couple of years ago and um, I think it's time for me to address it again this is during a time before people were really looking at Snoop like he could have been in on the Tupac murder but in that podcast I pointed out some things that just didn't set well with me about Snoop number one a lot of people don't know. Biggie was affiliated with with the Crips. And I believe it was the Southside Crips. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that, right? I'm not from California, so I don't know. I'm not from LA. But 
I think I remember Pac even um, making fun of Biggie because he was trying to throw up. Biggie was throwing up gang signs and um, he was like throwing them up wrong. I believe that was uh, back when Uncle Luke, remember Luke Campbell had the, uh, he had his little show or whatever that used to come on. I think he used to come on a, a cable channel. But um, you, you take a look at this, right? Snoop's a crip. Pac had a lot of homies that were bloods. Now, Pac never claimed to be a blood. There's a lot of controversy surrounding the whole MOB thing. Um, you know, Pac said MOB stood for money over bitches. But, you know, the... you. A lot of you know about what MOB is uh, in California, right? Ma Parus. So there's there's a lot of controversy behind whether or not Pac was um, affiliating himself with the Ma Parus, and he did have homeboys that were Ma Parus. So, but Pac said himself that. MOB stood for money over bitches. So you got a lot of people saying, oh, he a fake gangster. He wasn't really no mob Paru, this and the third. But Pac said it stood for money over bitches. But getting back to Snoop. Snoop. <laughs> this nigga. Snoop. Made friends with Biggie and Puffy during their beef with Pop. Now, you tell me, don't this shit seem a little fishy to you? Pop gets shot by Orlando Anderson, so they say. So they say, so y'all don't get stupid with me. I'm just going off of what's been said. Pac was shot by Orlando Anderson, Southside Crip, Biggie, affiliated Southside Crips. It's been rumored Puffy hired Southside Crips to shoot Pac and Shook. This shit is all over the internet, right? So I'm not saying nothing new to you. I'm just saying connect the dots. Who's the man in the middle? Who's the man in the middle? Whenever there's a murder that's unsolved, I'll I tell you who to look at. The person you need to always look at is the man in the middle. Who is connected to both Biggie, Puffy, and Bad Boy, and also connected to Death Row. It's Snoop. 
Now, a dumb nigga would, would say, Snoop ain't had no connections to Bad Boy. Yeah, he did. I just told you. That's the whole point of me going on this whole spill. Biggie and Puffy had aligned themselves with the Southside Crips. Snoop and Biggie were homeboys. Without Pac knowing. And also, Snoop was signed to death row and was supposed to be homeboys with Pac. So Snoop is the man in the, in the middle. Also, Snoop's cousin, Lord Half Dead, made an album after um after Pac died that was very questionable. The album cover, anyway, was very questionable because it looks like a picture of a dead Tupac with a bullet in his head. That's Snoop's cousin. And also, according to Keefe D, Snoop's cousin, Lil Half Dead, was in the same car. There was four people in the car, according to Keefe D. And one of those people that was in the car was uh, Keith, was um, Lil Half Dead. The car that I'm talking about is the, is the car that rolled up on Shug and Pac. And shot both of them, supposedly, because, you know, it's controversy over whether or not Suge actually got shot in the head or not. But I'm just laying this out for you. Who is the man in the middle of it all? It's Snoop. Didn't Snoop go to Pac and say, you're going to Vegas because... You going to Vegas, cuz? Why was Snoop trying to make sure Pac would be in Vegas? Could that be, could it be that Snoop wanted to make sure Pac was there so his homies could finish the job? Keep in mind, Pac already accused Puffy and Biggie, I don't call that nigga Diddy. I call him Puffy. That's what he started out as. He already accused, Pac already accused Biggie and Puffy of setting them up in New York. Hmm. That's interesting. So Pac gets shot in Vegas. And turns out the people he got shot by and got the people that shot him in Vegas are affiliated with Puff and Biggie. And then Biggie dropped a diss track to Pac after Pac died. Was it the long kiss, long kiss goodbye? This was after Pac died. 
And for the people that want to be stupid and say, well, that album came out. Uh, that album came out after Biggie died, so Biggie couldn't have done nothing about that. Well, Biggie was at the record, at the um, recording studio. Or he wasn't at the recording studio. He was at the radio station freestyling it. Not, it wasn't actual freestyle. He was rapping, but they was calling it a freestyle, right? It was a written, but they were calling it a freestyle. He was rapping the diss, the diss song. So, and this was after Pac died. After Biggie did the Joe Claire interview on um, BET. Talking about, eh, I wouldn't wish nothing on Pac. You know, it's sad that he died. You know, I wouldn't wish that on nobody. That's what he said. But then you make the diss track. And in the diss track, they're clowning Pac. They didn't say it. They didn't mention Pac by name. But if you go and listen to the track, I mean, damn. You know who they were talking about. And they even said, uh, we ain't mad at you in the song. We ain't mad at you. Well, who who made that famous? Pop. I ain't mad at you. So miss me with the bullshit. I hate niggas like that. I hate, I can't say I'm a straight up nigga, right? I, I hate backstabbing shitty ass niggas. I hate niggas like that. You got a problem, nigga. Have a problem to my face. I, I, that's why one of the things that, and you know, not to diss New York, I, you know, I love a lot of New York music, but I hate that subliminal shit. I hate all them subliminal tracks where you subliminally dissing the nigga. I hate that. You got a problem, nigga, say the shit. Biggie never said Pac name in a song. The only time he did was on that dumbass shit he did with Jay-Z. That's the type of niggas they are. And I don't respect it. I don't give a fuck what a nigga got to say. So a nigga come on and say, oh, nigga, you're a Tupac stand, nigga, fuck you. I just don't like bitch ass niggas. But I just put it to you like that. And for me, the way I feel, the way I'm looking at this situation, the, the way I look at it, yo, man, Snoop is a backstabbing ass nigga. That's just the way it appears to me. Because Pac was riding for Snoop when, when Snoop got his trailer shot up. And that whole thing popped off. But then this same nigga lined himself up with Pac's enemies. Now, I can't say 100% that Snoop set Pac up. I'm just saying. If you really break down this case, 
and you look at everything. Because everyone in the beginning, y'all remember, if you're old enough to remember, when, when, Pac first, when Pac died, first thing a lot of people did was say, Suge did it. Suge did it. But I'm noticing now, and I was one of the first people to say it years ago. The person that people need to look at is Snoop. Why in the fuck would Suge let niggas shoot up in the car? Niggas say dumb shit sometimes, I'm going to tell you. Niggas was like, well, Suge probably hired some experts, some marksmen to shoot. Bruh. I've been in the military. I know some people that can shoot like you wouldn't believe. Marksmen, experts. I know people that, that, I mean, they could shoot a bug out your nose. (laughs) Being sarcastic, right? But I wouldn't let the motherfuckers shoot someone while I'm sitting in a fucking car. You got to use common sense. You got to use common sense. Just go back to the fact. Snoop kept asking Pac, you going to Vegas cuz? You going to Vegas cuz? Where was Snoop in Vegas? Oh, he wasn't there. How convenient. So if he wasn't going to be there, then why the fuck was he so worried about whether Pac was going to be there or not? You see? The man in the middle. Snoop looked like a a greasy-ass nigga, too. He got that look like like a slimy type nigga anyway that's my that's my take on it man and um thank you for listening if you're listening on the Morrow World Radio um YouTube channel I know I've been gone from that channel for a minute um but I haven't stopped the show I just haven't been posting up there um show is always available um, at victormorrowshow.com and Morrow World Radio. And so, just so there's no confusion, um, I I talk about the news and current events, but I also talk about this kind of shit, too. So, it's like, you have the two shows under one umbrella. It's like, you have, uh, you got the Victor Morrow Show, right? But, that show within itself has um, the moral report, which goes into news, um, political shit, wars, world news, basically, right? And the moral takeover show is where I get into urban culture and, uh, you know, hip hop shit. Um, you know, the shit that's mainly black America, you know, I'll just put it to you like that. So anyway, again, I thank you for listening. Hey, I want to get into, um, I want to get it back into 
the Nipsey Hustle shit, right? Uh, a lot of people, I did a podcast some time ago and I was talking about the Illuminati shit, right? And I got a lot of uh, flack for that, right? Because people were trying to tie Nipsey and they were trying to say that Nipsey was an agent and that he was working with the powers that be. And I respect that, but I reject that at the same damn time. Because what I feel, as far as Nipsey is concerned, I don't even think Nipsey was, I don't think Nipsey was on that. I'm getting all these notifications. I don't think Nipsey was on that. To be honest, to be honest with you, what I think is that Nipsey Hussle didn't understand the situation that he was in. And I brought that over to Tupac because a lot of times what happens is help ourselves, help our communities, help um, wake our people up to understand exactly what's going on in, in this powers that be structure. They take us out one by one. And a lot of times, our people scare out of that. You know what I mean? They don't want to really um, buck the system. They're afraid to go against the system. And that's the reason why hip-hop is trash right now. That's why I talk about hip-hop so much. Hip-hop is trash right now because hip-hop, I mean, in a... In a indirect way, it kind of represents us. If you feel what I'm saying, you know what I mean? Like, it represents us, because our kids follow the trends of hip-hop artists. So, if they got hip-hop artists putting dresses on, like Young Thug, then guess what our kids going to do? If they wearing tight-ass pants like a girl, like Lil Wayne and them, then guess what? Guess what our kids going to do? You get what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like, I'd rather be the person that's going against that shit and don't give a fuck whether or not people say I'm successful or not. Fuck them. Fuck all of them. Real talk. I'd rather get, you know, I'd rather be <clears throat> the uh, fighting against the system than going along with that shit. Because it's, it's a lot of sellouts out here that have, what they've done is they have Come on TV and represented us in the wrong way, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm not really with that shit. So, and all in all, all I'm saying is this: as far as Nipsey Hussle was concerned, as far as Tupac was concerned, as far as um, Malcolm X is concerned.
they show to me that it's more important to leave a legacy than anything else. You know what I mean? So with all in all, hey yo, I want to thank y'all for listening. I'm gonna cut it short tonight because I'm pressed against um time I got something to do. But I thank you for listening to tomorrow takeover. Um and I'm gonna try to come back every week. This was this was a test run just to see how people would respond. And um the next time I'm gonna come up with more up to date shit. I appreciate y'all for listening. I'm out.